Hey there, Fat Guy Forum fans. This is Gourmet with a quick note before we get the episode started. I have something exciting to tell you about. We have launched the Fat Guy Forum Patreon. That's right. You can now become a monthly supporter of the show for just a few dollars, less than a cup of coffee a month. You can support keeping these amazing dude stories coming to you. And there's even a bonus at one of the tiers that I think is going to be very exciting. I have some great ideas to come to as we develop this, but I wanted to get it launched and in your hands. So if you enjoy what you hear on this show and you want to help me to keep it coming to you, please go over to that link in the show notes, and that is patreon.com slash keto. Thank you so much, my friends, and on to the show. Hey there, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Fat Guy Forum. This is your host, Gourmet, and I am excited to have you here with me today. Uh, to th- this guest I'm having on right now, he's someone who I, I have been following for years uh, on the gram, but I- I'm excited that we're finally getting a chance to have a, a one-on-one conversation. Uh, his name is Ethan Still, and Ethan, how are you doing today? Man, I am doing good. Yeah, it has definitely been a uh, been a long time coming, man. We've been talking about doing this for what two, three years now. I know. So it's uh, I'm glad we're we're finally making time work for those of you out there. You know, it's gonna it, this won't air for a couple of weeks, but we're recording the day after Thanksgiving, so we're we're expecting. You know, it's it's a little bit of a a nice. We had some downtime to connect, so is all I'm saying. It's it's, it's a good a good time. I hope you had a nice holiday. Um, I saw you, I saw you packed some, some hard seltzers with you. Yeah. You know, you know, every now and then family gets a little crazy. Mm -hmm. So you gotta, gotta have something to take the edge off. Well, especially, especially this year, you know, this this year has been a little (laughs) wild and I'm sure we'll get into all of that, man, but let's get started with, with, with the meat of the matter, man. Tell us what qualifies you to be on the fat guy forum. Oh man. Uh, I, I would say I'm, I'm pretty, uh, pretty well qualified. I, uh, I, hit 476 pounds at uh, 21 years old. Um, I was uh, big all my life, you know, growing up, come from a big family. My grandpa was, I think, six foot six, uh, six foot, uh, six foot eight, actually, sorry. He was six foot eight and about 500 pounds and just a mountain of a man. And that just is kind of where I came from and where I was headed for a long time. Uh, I'm six foot four myself, and uh, like I say, you know, at my heaviest, I was 476. I was over 100 pounds in kindergarten. I was 300 pounds in seventh, eighth grade playing football and got into high school and started powerlifting, and man, it didn't take didn't take no time until uh, the scales weren't reading me anymore at the powerlifting meet, so they just knew, you know, super heavyweight was where I belonged because... I'm in a locker room full of all these athletes and uh, step on the scale and, you know, I'm getting error messages and ease and stuff like that popping up. That's a little, a uh, little torturous for, you know, a 15, 16 year old kid with self-esteem issues already. Yeah. What was it, what was it like growing, you know, it's, you know, not just like weight wise, but height wise being bigger. Like what, what was it like growing up for you, man? Man, it was, uh, it, I had an interesting childhood. I, uh, I was very much kind of to myself, but at the same time, I was a class clown. Um, that was kind of my my way of coping, uh, you know, just make everybody laugh with me. That way, they couldn't laugh at me, or I was gonna make everybody laugh so that we were all laughing at me together. That way, it didn't feel like it was as much of a you know being picked on thing as it was. I'm making the brunt of the jokes. Um, 
I uh, moved around a lot, so you know, never really had those those friends that were always there. Because, like I say, I was uh, I, I never spent more than two years at one school um, until I was thirteen when I moved to Texas. And uh, before that, you know, I was every year I was moving or starting a different school, and only spent two years at one school one time. And what was it? What... So, and I think that's a that's a story you know I've heard from several guys and I can relate to myself in terms of that you know becoming the the comedian but still kind of feeling that sense of disconnection like parallel that with what was your your relationship with food like how was was it just more you know coming in you know being in a big family that like portions were never kind of something that was discussed or like do you feel like you had you know any kind of you know challenging relationship with food like what was that like uh, yeah, I would say portions were never something that were discussed. I mean, it was just kind of you, you fill your plate and you eat. And uh, I also come from a very, you know, poor household financially. Um, so we were, you know, taught and raised, you know, you eat everything on your plate. You're lucky to have food. There's people starving, like, you know, that kind of mindset where you clean your plate. And if there's leftovers, you know, it's going in the fridge and you're eating it later when you're hungry again or for breakfast tomorrow or whatever. So there was very much that scarcity mindset that you have to eat what you're given. Uh, that was, that was one thing. Um, I definitely think I had a, I had a, a weird relationship with food. I mean, I genuinely just enjoyed food. I loved cooking. So, I mean, there was always just the aspect of, you know, loving food and making new things and things along that line. And then there's also the, you know, the aspect of emotional eating or eating to celebrate things. I mean, just looking for an excuse, looking for a reason to, you know, gather and break bread was always kind of my thing. So it was never, never, uh, never turned down food by any means. Mm. <laughs> no, I think that, I think that makes sense, man. And what now I'm, I'm always curious cause I've, I've got a couple friends that, you know, obviously you're into you know, in and out of powerlifting and really, you know, some who are really into it, um, kind of knowing that there, there's kind of that eat big to get big culture there. Do you think that, you know, played a part in kind of where you got to eventually, like you kind of, you had n not the culture of powerlifting doing it, but kind of like your mindset was, cause I, I'll, you know, just to, to lay it out like more, I know I've talked to guys who said that was in a lot of ways, their excuse, you know, for not really paying it, you know, doing anything about their size was, well, I'm a power lifter, you know, I'm supposed to be big. I'm, you know, I need to be bigger to lift heavy. Like, do you think that was something that you fell into or was it different for you? Yeah, I don't think I ever really, I, I was, I didn't take powerlifting as serious as I should have. Um, I was more of the, which for my size, I actually was not very strong. I mean, I went, I was in like the top uh, six or seven in the district, but like I never went to regionals or anything like that. Like I never went far. It was just one of those things. Like I was one of the strongest in my, you know, athletics group, but my body weight in comparison, I was like close to one of the weakest. Like it was, you know, I mean, like I was putting up the heaviest weight, but I also outweighed everybody by 150 pounds in most cases. And so it was like, I enjoyed moving the heavy weight and everything, but I never really got scientific with improving my strength or improving what I was doing or, you know, making myself better at it. So I don't think I ever really took that mindset, but I was, I went about it as well. 
all my friends, you know, they know they have to stay within a certain weight class. Like they have like 15 pound window. So they have to diet down and make sure they're within their window before the meet, or they have to, you know, eat really heavy the day before to level up into that next one. And for me, it's like, I was, a well, I think 272 was the cutoff. And I was the last scale that weighed me before I started getting the ease and the errors was 412 my junior year. And so I was 140 pounds away from my weight cutoff. So I just ate like, well, the more I eat, you know, the stronger I'm going to be. And it's not like I didn't remotely have to worry about not making weight. So I can just eat whatever I want. Right. Which I think makes sense. Like, and no, yeah, I mean, 420 your junior year, you know, you got to 476. So it's not like you had a massive weight gain after high school. Like, what do you think? What do you think brought you to like it? But of course, now because we're recording on Friday morning, my tongue is is getting more tied than it should. But um, <laughs> at that point, were you were you trying to you know when you were younger, were you trying to lose? I mean, not that you're not young now. Of course, I sit here as someone who's you know 20 years older than you, so I I, I do talk. You know, I do have a little bit of an old man voice going on when I say that. But when you were in high school and you know you were were that big, like were you trying to lose weight at all, or was it just something that never concerned you? Like what? What brought you, do you think, to 476? Um, so I actually, the first time that I ever tried to lose weight was in eighth grade. Um, I remember I hit 300 pounds um, around this time, uh, you know, right around, right before Christmas break, um, my eighth grade year, I remember hitting 300 and that terrified me. I was like, oh my God, 300, that's, that's crazy, like. You know, all my friends are like 130, 140, 150 pounds, and I'm over here at this. And like, it just it didn't sit right. So I uh, actually made a little challenge or a bet with one of my teachers. Um, she wanted to lose a little weight. I wanted to lose some weight. So we made a challenge. You know, whoever lost the highest percentage, you know, we would we would have a bet. I don't remember. I, I was going to shave my head, and I think she was going to dye hers blonde, her hair blonde. And, I mean, it was just something like that. And I ended up, uh, my mom had an elliptical in our kitchen and I just started using this elliptical for like 30, 40 minutes every night. And I ended up getting down to 270, um, by my eighth grade graduation. So within like six, within like probably four or five months, um, I ended up losing right at 30 pounds. Um, and that was the first time that I had ever done anything like that, like lost weight, tried to lose weight, anything along those lines. And uh, needless to say, you know, I started my freshman year at about 315. I gained it all back and then some. So it did not stick with me, uh, which proved to be, you know, the case going forward. I, I can't count how many times I've lost 50 to 70 pounds only to gain 100 back. I mean, it was uh, it was any little excuse I could find to not go to the gym turned into a compounding. I wouldn't go to a gym for a year. So that it was just. I don't know, man. Like I remember there was one time I had lost, it was 70, I'd lost like 70, 75 pounds and my truck broke down. I have always been into like classic vehicles and rebuilding classics. And I had an older truck and something happened one morning on my way to work. So I had to go home immediately after work to get it fixed. So I could, you know, be able to work the next day. And I, so I skipped the gym that day. And I had been going five, six days a week, you know, for six months, lost all this weight, missed the gym that day to go home and fix my truck. And I didn't go back to the gym for about a year and a half. 
just because I missed it one time. And I mean, I gained all the weight back and then some, and that was when I ended at the heaviest I had ever been on the scale. Um, I actually went like three years even weighing myself because I couldn't like no scales worked. I had to order a special scale from, you know, destination XL just to be able to figure out how much I weighed. I, I think a lot of us know that, that scale very well. Um, yeah, yeah, it's. I actually still use it. It's the one I've used. the The first picture I took at four hundred seventy six point four pounds is the same scale I have today. That's and, awesome. Uh, I just, yeah, it's just it's it's been there through it all. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, it's heavy duty too. That thing's gonna last. Like those are not cheap. So you know, right, right. It's not a it's not a fifteen dollar. Yeah, sure. It's not like a Walmart fifteen dollar bathroom scale. Like those things are calibrated. Yeah, I remember my buddy, I had ordered it and he was like, I come from a very, you know, small, small town in Texas, very just screwed. If you're happy, you're happy kind of mindset. Like, you know, there's no point in going for more or really like chasing. Um, I don't know. I mean, it's just and I think everybody has their thing, you know, like some people, they are just happy being happy. And for me, it's like happiness comes from wanting more and achieving more. And so I remember I ordered that scale and I was like, I got to get this right. So I ordered a scale and uh, he was like, you paid how much for a scale? Like they're like 20 bucks at Walmart. And I was like, dude, you don't understand. Like I would have to put one foot on each of those scales. Like, you know, I have two of them side by side just to be able to get some kind of number out of them. And he, uh, yeah, any, that just, that part did not, uh, it, it took some, some convincing for people to understand but I ended up having to I used to do a lot of like hauling scrap metal off as a a job and uh I hauled scrap metal to the you know the junkyard one day and I asked the guy if I could you know step on his scale and weigh and he started laughing he was like what and I was like yeah you know this big industrial scale that goes up to a thousand pounds I was like can I step on that and weigh and he was like, I mean, yeah. And he kind of laughed. And I was like, I mean, I'm going to be honest, like I haven't weighed in, you know, about two years because I haven't found a scale that's heavy enough. They all, you know, clock out at error. And he was like, oh, damn. Yeah. Like here. And he cleaned it off and, you know, he let me get on it. And uh, I weighed 454 that day. And it was still, I mean, it was still another, that was probably six or eight months before it finally clicked. And I, I started and what- going. And what was life like for you, like being, you know, being 19, 20, 21, you know, that heavy? Like, what what was your life like, man? Um, Yeah, so I was working at the time, and um, I was an automotive mechanic. I went to, you know, I was working in, like, a, a Chrysler dealership. Um, so I was working 70 hours a week or so on my feet in the shop um, and looking for any reason I could to sit down. I mean, you know, I had a bench out there by my my uh, toolbox set up and everything like I had places to sit down um so I ended up uh I was working you know 10 to 12 hour days I would get off work I would go home and I would drink probably around an 18 to a 30 pack of beer every day um I was smoking two packs of cigarettes a day uh, that was, you know, everybody could still buy cigarettes at 18 then. So it wasn't a big deal, but you couldn't buy beer at 21. That was one of the good things about small town in Texas. You know, you, you get, you have your ways to get your hands on stuff. <laughs> um, but 
I, uh, yeah, it was bad, man. I was two packs of cigarettes. I was dipping a can of Copenhagen a day and I was drinking, like I say, anywhere between 18 and 30 beers every single day. And I mean, I was eating probably, I was probably drinking two to 3000 calories just in soda and beer. I mean, cause I, it was no big feat to put down a 12 pack of soda, nothing diet, no zero, nothing. I mean, just full, full sugar, regular soda. I would, I would drink a 12 pack at least a day. I mean, maybe every two days, depending on how much, how early I started drinking beer when I got home, as opposed to sodas. Which I, I think is something a lot of people don't realize the amount of, you know, not, not to tangent off on that, but I don't think people realize the sheer amount of, of calories they're taking in, you know, just, you know, keeping a constant can of soda open besides them, you know, like, and then obviously, you know, throw the, it's, it's not like beer is even, even light beer isn't, isn't calorie free. You know, there's, there's no, there's no Miller zero out there yet. I mean, there, I'm sure someone's working on it, but they haven't come across that yet. Exactly. So. <laughs> but so, I mean, that makes I'm, a lot I'm of... ready for that day. I'm oh. ready for that day. <laughs> oh, are you kidding? Can you imagine how the, the internet would explode with people going crazy for something like that? I mean, the world would explode probably, but you know, Oh. um, Right. I think I'm, I need to get busy working on that one. There's a, there's the partnership you need to, <laughs> you need to come down with, man. But so, so 476, sure. like what, so what brought you to the place that you felt like you needed to change? You know, we're talking four years ago, you know, you, you decided it was time to really do something like what, what brought that about? Um, so yeah, it actually, uh, it gets a little dark. Uh, I was driving, I, you know, had, I was depressed pretty, pretty regularly, um, was in a pretty dark place. I mean, a lot of, a lot of the drinking either fueled it or caused it. I'm not really, you know, it either potentiated it or was the whole reason. I don't know. But, uh, I, uh, was driving to my mom's one day and I was going down the road. I had a, a 78 Bronco, I mean, big old truck. Like it was just a gorgeous, gorgeous truck, but driving down the road, I was doing 75, 80 miles an hour, uh, which, you know, depending on where you are in the country sounds crazy, but this is Texas and that's a normal speed, it's a normal speed limit. So wasn't going too fast for where I was. Um, but I was, you know, going down the road and a, uh, a semi pulled out in front of me from a dead stop. You know, it was like kind of a T intersection and they pulled out pretty close. Like they, they definitely should have waited a little bit. Um, considering I was on the main highway, had the right away, all that. But uh, it kind of flashed through my mind and I feel like I looked ahead and looked at it and I didn't slow down, didn't grab, you know, the, the transmission or anything, nothing changed. I just kept going and I was like, what are you doing? Like, slow down. And then it just kind of kept going through my head. Like, this could be it. Like, nobody's going to know that this was on purpose. If I don't stop, nobody's going to know that I chose to do this. If I just plow right into this truck there's no way I would walk away from it, but nobody would ever be the wiser that, you know, I chose to do this. I chose, I wouldn't have to worry about my friends and family knowing that, you know, I wanted out. And, uh, I did slow down. Thank God. Um, ended up pulling over and I pulled over and stopped on the side of the road. And I mean, I was just shaking like crazy. And, was uh, I was on my way to my mom's and when I got to my mom's house 
I just broke down and I told her, you know, like I almost killed myself on the way here. I, I just, I wasn't, I, I've got to change. Like, I don't want to do this anymore. And I was like, I've got to change because I don't know if I'll be able to stop myself next time. <laughs> and uh, my mom is, like I said, you know, I, I grew up with single mom um, raising me and two sisters. So it was, I was the oldest. Um, and the only, you know, only guy. So it was kind of me and my mom against the world for a long time. She had me at 18, 19. So we, we have a very more of a sibling bond, I guess, than a mother son bond. Um, so it was always kind of been me and her against the world. And that was not easy for her to hear. Uh, so we broke down and, you know, just lost it and, uh, ended up getting a gym membership and uh, scheduling a consultation for bariatric surgery um, and started working out for, you know, like a month or so leading up to the consultation and uh, then went in and did the consult and all that. Which I, I appreciate, I, I know it's not, you know, even, I, I know you're four years out from, from that experience, but I'm, I'm sure it's not easy to put yourself back there, but I think it's something that a lot of people, you know, especially when you're, when you're living that life and feeling trapped, you know, by your size and, and everything you're doing like that in that one place, like you were saying, you know, there are people that are happy being happy, but when you know that that's not fulfilling you and, and you're not seeing change happen and you're trying to change and falling back and trying to change and falling back. Yeah. I, I think that's a, you know, it's a place that we go to, like, it really is, you know, people say like they're, you know, rock bottom and lows. Like I, I, I see that happening to, to more people than I think we talk about. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I, I definitely think, I think it's probably is a lot more common of a place than, you know, is realized just because it, it doesn't seem that I, I, I would, I would assume that more people deal with that and go to that place than, you know, admit or are willing to admit or want to admit or talk about. Oh, I, I, I agree a hundred percent, man. And so you found this, this kind of path that you, you thought was going to take you to where you needed to go to. Like, what was it like even considering, you know, the weight loss surgery? I know that's something that like several of my guests have, have looked into and talked about and gone through and, you know, what, what brought you there? Um, I think it was more of the accountability. Um, the fact that I had done it so many times. Um, you know, lost the weight, gained it back, lost the weight, gained it back. It was always just, I, I was always, no matter how good I was doing, I was one excuse or one bad day away from falling off everything. Um, and so I think it was the accountability aspect of, you know, for that first year to two years, cause you, your stomach, you, it stretches back out. Like, you know, it, it it's, it basically buys what I've told people is it, it basically buys you a window. It's a tool. It gives you a window of about two years to get your mind right and fully get that healthy relationship with food to understand that you can enjoy things. You can, you know, you, I, I can still, I can go to in and out I can go to Whataburger. I can go get a double cheeseburger. I can enjoy myself. But then I'm right back on my, you know, my shit the next day and I'm right back doing what I'm doing the next day or even just after that meal. Like it doesn't have to be, you know, you have one thing and then you just dwindle everything away for nothing. And 
learning that over that amount of time, you know, is what helped me the most um, because you're, you're so restricted for so long that you can't over, you can't indulge, you can't go crazy. So you have to get that mind right. You have to like grow to understand these things. And what do you, cause one of the things like I'll, I'll, you know, be, be honest with you, man. Like one of the things that like has like drew me to when I found your page that just always inspired me was that mindset of yours, like in terms of, you know, being willing to put it out there, you know, your challenges, but also your victories, but, uh, you know, talking about what it is like to kind of get your head around everything that you're going through. Like, what do you think it was that allowed you to be able to change your mind, like to, to make that mindset shift that you needed to use this tool properly? Um, I would say it was probably, I, I don't, I, I mean, just hitting that point of realizing, like, I want so much more for myself and my life. Like I want to make it out of, you know, I love my mom. I love the life I've had. I mean, it's been very challenging. Um, There were times that, you know, we would come home from school and not know if the power was going to still be on, not know if, you know, what, what we were going to eat or not know if we were going to have the same, you know, dollar Mac and cheese for the, you know, third time that week or whatever. Like, I, I just knew I wanted more for myself and wanted more for my future family than that. And I knew that if I couldn't even keep my health and my body right, how was I ever going to have the discipline or the ability to build, you know, success for myself outside of that? How was I ever going to be able to take myself to the level of financial success or business success or whatever it was that I wanted for myself. I've always been very entrepreneurial. I've literally used to have a business in second grade, painting people's Hot Wheel cars and customizing them. Like I I used to trade and sell Pokemon Yu-Gi-Oh cards when I was a kid. Like I've always been somebody that looked for something to hustle, to make money. I mean, I've been working since I was 11. I, I haven't went more than three weeks without a job since I was, sorry, 12. Uh, since I was 12, I got my first job working a ranch and I have had steady income, steady work ever since. And it's just always been me, no matter how big I was, I was still there. Like I was still working, I was still doing whatever it took. And it just hit a point that it's like, okay, if I don't get my body and my health right, one, I'm probably not going to live past 35 to 40 to have a successful family life anyways. And two, I'm never going to be able to, you know, excel and do the things that I want to do because as much as, you know, as messed up as it is, there is a stigma against, you know, bigger people or unhealthy people. Like you're never going to be taken seriously in a business world. If you walk in and you know, you're 500, 600 pounds, like there, there's nobody is going to trust you to come run their company or do whatever for them. If they don't even think that you can, effectively manage your life and yourself, you know? So that was just kind of a a big thought and mind switch for me. What do you think? Because that makes me curious, man. Like, from your perspective, you know, knowing you had that drive and that that spirit, because, like, I I relate a lot. Like, I was, you know, I I think I got my first job. I think I got a paper route when I was, like, 11, and then I was washing dishes when I was, like, 12 and 13. Like, 
you know, we can have that drive and that need to, you know, provide for ourselves and, and all of that, but it, it doesn't click on the physical side. Like, what do you think is the disconnect there? Or what was I, that for you? Um, man, that's a good question. I, I think there was, I think a big part of that disconnect of wa- not wanting to transfer it to my, my physical aspect, not wanting that drive and that determination. I, I think it was just mostly like, what's the word I'm looking for? Like content. Like I, I was making money. I was getting jobs. I was doing this and still having the, this luck and these levels of success and whatnot as you know my 450 pound self so it's like okay why why push myself to go farther why worry about that whenever because i mean you know fresh out of high school i was you know making 16 to 18 dollars an hour roughly working on cars and the minimum wage was 725 and it's like okay i'm making double minimum wage like i'm making more than what most of my friends and people i went to high school with are making so if I'm on this level right now, why even worry about wasting more time or spending more time devoting to my health whenever I could just, you know, enjoy the fruits of my labor and sit around and drink it or sit around and eat or whatever with friends and just enjoy life. And then it, it eventually clicked that, okay, now I've pretty much worked at every place that is going to pay more than minimum wage in my area. And in order to get where I want to go, I need to get higher than this and, you know, get better jobs than these. And none of those are really going to happen in the current health situation that I'm in. Well, I think that's, I think that's interesting, man. I think it makes a lot of sense. Like, so you, you had, what surgery did you have for people to know? Um, so I had the sleeve, uh, I, I went and I had the consultation, um, and there was a bunch of hoops I had to jump through and whatnot for insurance. Um, so I ended up not even having the surgery for 10 months after my initial consultation, um, went 10 months with a nutritionist and actually lost a hundred pounds before I even had the surgery. Um, and that was, uh, that was a big deal to me because it was my first time, like I had lost, you know, 56, 50, 60, 70 pounds before, but hitting that triple digit, like hitting that hundred pounds, that was a big like milestone. And a lot of people were saying like, why even have the surgery? Why even go through now? Like you've lost a hundred pounds on your own. You've proved to yourself you can do it. And my big thing there was, yes, I did. I have done that. But at the same time, I've proved to myself that I could lose 50, 60, 70 pounds multiple times before. And I've always gained it back. For me, going ahead and going through with the surgery was that accountability that I was looking for. I mean, I was still 376 pounds at, you know, I, I had my surgery a month before my 22nd birthday. So I was still 376 pounds at 21 years old. So I was still super heavy. Like I was still not in a good place and still more than qualified for the surgery. Um, plus, you know, I'd already paid my, my cash out of pocket. So no, that wasn't refundable. So I mean, I was going to go ahead and go through with the, the, the sure thing and the accountability anyways. Um, but yeah, I ended up, I had the, the vertical sleeve gastrectomy. So the gastric sleeve uh, is more commonly called. Um, they cut out about 70% of your stomach and leave like a little sleeve uh, or pouch, a little banana shaped stomach. Um, end up being on a liquid diet for about four or five weeks total, uh, two or three weeks before, two or three weeks after, depending on your surgeons. 
and uh, slowly work your way back up to solid food. I remember six weeks after my surgery, I had my first solid food and it was one egg. And that was, that was like the best tasting thing in the world. <laughs> it was, uh, it was unreal. And now, you know, I'm eating eight eggs every morning for breakfast and, you know, I'm eating breakfast tacos and everything is stretched back out. I'm eating about 3000, 2,500 to 3000 calories a day. Um, so that's why I said it's very important to make sure you get the mind right in that initial year and a half, two years, because your, your stomach is going to stretch back out. There's so many people that have the surgery, lose the weight for a year or two, and then their mindset never changed. So they slowly stretch it back out and they're able to eat again and they're eating again. They're, they're right back, you know, dealing with the unhealthy coping issues. They're back dealing with everything. You know, they have a bad day. They eat their feelings. They, this, this, and this, and all of a sudden they're back at their same weight or more. Uh, You know, some people even exceed their pre-surgery weight. Which I think is like something, because you know, you know, there's everyone out there who's like, oh, you took the easy, you know, the surgery is the easy way. Surgery is the easy way. Like, and I honestly, like, the funny thing is like, I get that a lot. Like, it's like people slide into my DMs and they want me to like be on their side with that argument. Like, because, you know, they're like, you lost weight without surgery. So you must think that everyone who had surgery, like, took took an easy route and i'm like you don't understand that like surgery is a tool the same way using any other weight loss plan is a tool and like you like you said like it's a tool you have to maximize to get the most out of like i i think there's there's ways to out eat every diet there's ways to out eat every tool and if you're not actually working on what you need what needs to change overall you're you're not going to see the success you know you're not going to actually you know and and let's be realistic you know surgery is a, is is a is a physically challenging thing like it's it's a drastic move so if you go into that and you don't give it your all in the other areas that you need to work on it's like you're wasting that opportunity yeah yeah absolutely and i am i'm very glad that i had to do the 10 months before because one whenever people say you know you took the easy way out and it's like yeah okay maybe you want to say that cool i did but I lost 200 pounds at one point I was down 250 pounds. Um, plus I lost a hundred pounds by myself, quote unquote, before surgery. So like I proved you can lose a hundred pounds with just diet and exercise. And then I lost a hundred pounds without so, you know, with the surgery. So it's like, I did it both ways. So people that want to say, Oh, you took the easy way out. You had surgery. It's like, okay, yeah, cool. But I lost a hundred pounds before I even had the surgery. Like that was, it was just one of those things. I had come that far to get the surgery. Like they, it wasn't their plan. It wasn't actually, I did tell my nutritionist, I wanted to lose a hundred pounds before I had surgery. I didn't expect, I actually woke up and weighed 376 pounds, um, at 3 AM on my way to have surgery that day. So it was the day of surgery. I had a hundred pounds down from my heaviest. Yeah, it was, uh, it was cool. July, July of 20, 16 was when I was 476. That was my heaviest. And uh, May of 2017, I hit 376. So happened the day of and my surgeon, I remember how he actually jumped up and down all scrubbed out. And I told him I hit 100 pounds down this morning. He was like, what the hell? Like he was like, I've never had anybody lose that much weight before surgery. He was like, I'm just gonna tell you like, you're gonna be extremely successful with this. And I was like, well, I'm not doing this for any other reason, man. Like, this is my second chance, and there's no way I'm going to screw this up. And then, I mean, in a lot of ways, like, you set your you set up your success to be even greater because, 
you 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 because having surgery at 476 versus having surgery at 376 is even a different thing like in terms of what they're physically dealing with going into your body like so like you gave yourself even more assuredness of success i think by one working on the the habit building that you needed to do and also just physically prepping your body for for the changes it was going to go through I, I i think there's there's a lot there that is is admirable in you being able to do that and anyone who says like well you, you know you proved you can lose 100 pounds like I'm right there with you, man. Like, if, if you've been in that pattern of weight going up and weight going down and weight going back up, like, it's it, it's not the same thing as someone who's just, you know, has one one straight line through, you know, they lose the weight and keep it off forever after their first try. Like, it's, it's a completely different place to, to kind of be, uh, especially especially knowing that you have that, that mindset of wanting success and wanting more and having seen that kind of like come into your hands and slip away and come into your hands and slip away. So I, I think it makes it makes perfect sense to me, you know, kind of the path that you took, man. Yeah, absolutely, man. And it's, it, you know, you even saying that, like losing that weight and taking that route, like setting me up, I didn't even, I've never even considered that. Like had I went in to have surgery, you know, at 450, who knows where, because like I say, you know, that surgery really is only applicable for that first year, year and a half after that, your stretch is gone. You know, you're stretched back out. You can eat more. Um, you have, you know, you redevelop that hunger. Like for a while after surgery, you're not even hungry. Like the part that secretes the hormone that makes you hungry is removed from your stomach. So you genuinely don't even get hungry. There's a lot of times people will have to set alarms to remind themselves to eat throughout the day because they don't get that instinctive hunger feeling. Well, it comes back with a vengeance and you never feel, you feel like a bottomless pit after it comes back. Well, you know, had I went into surgery at 450, 460 pounds and, you know, only got down to say 300 and, or, you know, not even 300, like say 350, like had I lost the same amount of weight, that 100 pounds after surgery, I may not have ever got down to the whole 200 pounds. Like had I not set myself up in that position before going into surgery, who knows how far I would have come after, like instead of losing the hundred I needed to get down to, you know, 275 who knows, like I could have maybe ended stalled out around three, three twenty, three fifty. Like it, it just kind of, it put me in a whole different, mm-hmm. I guess, playing field. And I never even really considered that. No, I, I, I think it definitely did, man. And so what was, so what take us through kind of then the rest of your journey from there, man, you know, you had the surgery at three seventy six. like what, what, what happened to you from there? Uh, so that's when things got exciting. (laughs) Um, actually it was really boring. Um, but, uh, I would say what, how long was that? May of 17 till February of 18 was when, you know, I was going to the gym. I was doing like 10, 15, 20 minutes on the treadmill, uh, high incline, just kind of sweating, working. Um, I was lifting weights with some little, you know, program I'd bought from a buddy of mine from high school, just a, a basic run of the mill, you know, walking you through lifting weights for a beginner. Um, because I was trying to get back and work my way back up because, you know, you lose a lot of muscle mass whenever you're eating five, 600 calories a day for six months. Um, so I was very weak when I got back in. Um, but I got in and started working out again and got down to like late January, early February of 2018. 
I hit 275 pounds. Um, so I was down 200 pounds now. And I just kind of, I, I was in nursing school um, and things got busy. I stopped going to the gym, um, you know, just kind of, I was still eating right. I was still doing my meal prepping, stuff like that. I was, you know, doing things right on that aspect, but I wasn't, you know, doing any cardio. I wasn't lifting any weights. I wasn't doing anything that way. Um, and I stayed the same, pretty much the same exact weight between 265 and 280, just kind of hovered there um, for about seven, eight months and got down, uh, but like I said, I want to say it was October, well, it was October of 2018. Um, I actually met a guy through Instagram um, that was a, like a trainer, you know, he was going to school in Idaho um, for exercise physiology like just I mean real hustler like guy gets after it and we connected on Instagram and hit it off and uh told him I was like man I'm just I'm tired of you know being this guy like I've always been known as like the strong guy like whenever you're big you're the guy that everybody has to move all the heavy boxes or do this or do that I was like I just I miss that like now I just feel average like I feel totally normal walking around like when you see me in clothes, like I look like a guy that's just kind of existing. Like I don't, I don't have any muscle definition. I don't have any size. My shoulders look small and flat. Like I just, I was like, I'm just not a fan. Like I want to get back in the gym and get going. And he was like, okay, like, you know, I can help you with that. I can do a program. Um, and we ended up talking for about an hour, hour and a half on the phone. And I bought his program that night and he was like have you ever heard of alpha Lee? and you know christian guzman and i was like don't have a clue who that is and he sent me a link um to this youtube video he's this huge youtuber you know multi-million followers all this and has his own clothing line own gym down in houston all this stuff and apparently now like the fact that i didn't know who that was was just insanity because so many people are like you don't know who that like you know they just like belittle you for not knowing him and I was like, okay, sorry. Um, but I watched this video and he hosted a bodybuilding show. Um, and they, what was like special about this show is they had a transformation class. Um, so they, you know, have your typical bodybuilders, you know, the, the normal run of the mill guys that get super lean. And, you know, you just, the people you see on TV and you're like, that looks pretty gross, honestly. Um, and then, they have the transformation class, which allows anybody to, that's had any kind of weight gain, weight loss, like, you know, people suffering from anorexia, people suffering from obesity, anything, anybody that's like taking control of their life and their health and went through a transformation could compete in the show. Um, and I watched this video of the show and it's got the winners and everything from you know the prior year and i'm like balling like i'm crying i'm like dude we're doing this like this is happening um we you know whatever it takes like i want i want to i'm going to do this show next year and he was like all right let's get started so i started working on his program um my body like was just changing every day lifting weights because i had been out of it for so long and i was following an actual scientific you know progressive overload plan um I was going through everything and I was just watching muscle definition come in. My strength was going up. I mean, I was just having the time of my life and 
then they, you know, announced the date and the time and all that for the show and tickets went live and all that stuff. Um, so I signed up and I started on a prep um, from February of 2019. Uh, it was like February 3rd, I think the first week of February um, through the end of June. So it was a, it was a long, long prep. Um, and I ended up losing another 46 pounds. I started at 276 and I got down to 230. Uh, like I said, I'm six foot four, 230 surprisingly is still, if you go by BMI scale is still considered overweight. But on that, I was so like, my face was so sunken in. I was, uh, it was, it was insane. I did an in-body composition test and, uh, I think I, I tested the lowest I tested was at 7.6% body fat. And when I started it, I was at 16%. So I had lost, you know, 46 pounds. Um, and went down 9% in body fat and is the coolest experience of my life <laughs> being on that stage in front of all these like Instagram and YouTube celebrities. And I mean, it was just my Instagram following grew so much throughout that process. Like just, you know, sharing my story and sharing this, like this process of going from like, I used to be 476 pounds and now I'm 230. Like, I remember the day I hit 238, which is exactly half of 476. Like I hit 238 and I realized I weigh 238 and I've lost 238 and I'm literally half the man that I used to be. Like it's, it's the coolest, it was the coolest damn feeling. Um, but yeah, I, uh, I, I just, man, it was, it was the best experience. I mean, it, it showed, it, it showed me so much. Like I didn't realize how much I was capable of until I was, accomplishing it like there was times you know I never dreamed I would be able to do 45 minutes to an hour on the Stairmaster in you know a hoodie and sweatpants and just sweating and dying inside um just being able to prove to myself how much like we're capable of and how much we can accomplish like I, I really achieved so much stuff that I never dreamed I would be able to do like you know you you look at people doing stuff like that and you're like those are freaks like there's no way in hell I could ever do that and then you start to do it and it just becomes kind of this this ego thing like there's no way I'm gonna quit like everybody can quit but me like you know like no matter how hard it gets no matter how tiring it gets like I'm not quitting this and it becomes that you know, well, they just told me to do 30 minutes, but I wanted to do 45 minutes of cardio. And then you make it to 30 and you're like, all right, I'm done. And then it's like, well, hell, I, I already did 30. Like, why quit when I'm only 15 minutes away? If I stop and want to do 45 tomorrow, I have to go the whole 45 as opposed to just the extra 15 minutes now. And it just becomes like this, this mind game of psyching yourself into keeping going, no matter how hard things get and actually like, wanting to chase the things that are harder than you ever imagined going for. Oh, and I, I remember watching, you know, this, that whole journey for you, like that leg of your journey, like really well, man. And like, it's, it's funny. It, like if anyone out there is listening, like we're, we'll eventually kind of talk about where to, where to find your Instagram, but you have a highlight of the show experience on there. And just there, there's one picture of you kind of flexing and like roaring on stage that like I I think like that one picture like is in in some ways for me like the like the 
the quintessential moment like of the passion of your journey like right there like not just like you know roaring because you're on a stage but because like you're you did that like that was like something that you accomplished that you know not and I'm not even saying like everyone out there needs to you know anyone out there sitting there who's 476 pounds should immediately be like I'm going to go do a bodybuilding show but just the idea like you said like this proving to yourself that you're you're capable of more than you think and I just think that is like the lesson that people need to take you know from us talking today about your story like and I know there's there's more to your journey for us to get into but like that lesson right there is is what the person sitting at home who doesn't think they can do it can do like you're capable of so much more when you just start to believe that you're capable of it and when you actually start to put your mind towards doing it like and again like you had success in other areas and you, you were able to find the the way to transfer that energy and I, I think that is that energy and that passion is something that just still still stands out to me like from you know, as a, a benchmark for people to look at in terms of what you've come through and getting to that point. And again, just proving to yourself that, you know, whether, you know, because a show is one day, you know, like getting on the stage, you know, it's one day. Um, but it's it's the idea of the process and going through that transformation for yourself and doing it for yourself is just so powerful. Yeah, I, I absolutely, man, that, that picture, everybody, whenever we got our pictures back, like everybody, no matter the class, like these people that were, you know, celebrities, like stuff like this, like, you know, quote unquote celebrities, Instagram slash YouTube celebrities, um, which hell, nowadays, honestly, that is a celebrity just the same, um, the way everything is transitioned from, you know, the live mainstream TV to the whole internet world, um, but yeah, they were like, that is probably the best picture that was taken the entire show. Like you got the shot that everybody wants whenever they go into a bodybuilding show. Like you got the one thing that people want and wish they could have out of everything. And to me, it was that, that shot was, I mean, that, that feeling like that, cause if you watch the video of me on stage, like what I do is like, I turned around and like grabbed all my loose skin and like, I'm just, I show it, like I pick it up and I hold it and I'm just kind of like moving it around. And then, you know, the crowd is like screaming and like, I could see there's people like crying and stuff. Cause my video had just played and I had just told in this video, you know, about how I almost killed myself and that was what started it. And so there's people like wiping tears from their eyes. And then like, I've got my skin and then I kind of usher them to, you know, I'm waving my arms up and down, ushering them to, you know, scream and like, just get hyped up. And then I go into that, like, just scream. And it was the best, like, it was the best feeling. I had tears flowing down my face. I remember this, the second I walked off stage, man, I just, I collapsed. Like I just broke down. I squatted down and was just sitting there with my face buried between my legs, just crying. And my coach and like three guys that I had become cool with through Instagram came up and were like patting me on the back and like hugging me and saying, dude, you fucking did it. Like, you you did it like this you're actually here that was the finals like you made it and you did like the the mission was accomplished like you wanted to share your story to all these people you wanted all these people to see and you did it and of course you know that's not helping me like trying to stop crying here in the middle of all these people and they're over here like saying this and I'm like no y'all don't stop like I'm trying to stop crying like you're not helping that's that's kind of just become 
you know, like, I, I don't know if you're familiar with David Goggins, but like he, you know, he, he says, you know, be uncommon amongst uncommon men. And that has kind of become, you know, the motto, like everything I do, no matter what it is, like I, I just aim to be uncommon. Like no matter what it is, I want to make the decision that sets me apart. Like I want to do the thing that sets me apart from everybody. I want to be known as uncommon. And I, I just, that it drives me, man. Like it, it drives me so much to do more every day. And there's just, there's nothing better for me. And I think the, the other, the, the other thing I think people need to realize, like listening to your story, like if, if they go and check out your, you know, your Instagram pages, they're going to realize that during all of this, you know, physically transforming your body and, and, and hitting that pinnacle, like you were you were transforming other parts of your life, man. Like, and I think that was the thing, probably even that was more inspiring to me was not just you able to say, you know, I've lost X number of pounds, I can do lift X number of of, of pounds, I can do X number of, of minutes on, on a treadmill. Like, you also were like, you know, you're, you, you know, I because to me your journey also includes, you know, your career, you know your passion, you know, for what you're doing now, you know, as, as a nurse and, you know, taking that is almost like a parallel to this, this transformation that you went through. Like you, you know, did a lot of hard work to reach this point in your life too, as well. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely, man. That was, and that, that was a big, you know, a big thought going into the whole weight loss. It's like, okay, I want to go into the medical field. Who's going to take any kind of medical advice from somebody you know, that doesn't look medically sound themselves. Like, and that, that was a big thought in it. Um, everything had just kind of hit a point, you know, like it, it all came to a head where it's like everything I want to do, everything I, you know, want to achieve in life requires me to take myself more seriously. Like it requires me to take my health, my fitness, like everything more, so much more seriously than I've been doing. And it, I don't know, man. It just everything. It, it's made. I don't, it's crazy how everything intertwines so much. Because proving to myself that I could lose the weight and going through the weight loss has helped me so much in the school and the business and that aspect. Like it's it's like I lost two hundred forty six pounds. There's nothing anybody can tell me I can't do. Like there's nothing I can psych myself out of. Like I did that, and so nothing seems impossible. Like it doesn't matter what it is like you, you put something in front of me, no matter how daunting it may be. I know it's, I know it's possible. Like, I know, like I have it in me to do it. It may take a while. It may take, you know, I may crash and burn, you know, 150 times, but that 151st, I'm going to get it. And, and it's just, it's gone to show me so much, um, you know, about what we're able to achieve. Like it blows my mind how capable we as human beings are and the amount of stuff that we can achieve whenever we set our mind to it. Like people think we're so limited whenever like reality is you're only limited by your thoughts. You're only limited by, you know, your upbringing, your mind, your thought processes, how you are conditioned to think. And once you realize that and can get out of the way you were conditioned to think and look at things, there's, there's literally no boundaries. Like there, there's nothing that you can't do. Oh, I, I agree a hundred percent, man. And I, I think that point, like the idea that in order to make these accomplishments, we have to get out of our own way. You know, we put 
so much in our own path, you know, that we build the roadblocks that are there stopping us from, from reaching most of the things that we want to achieve in life. And yes, there's, there's circumstance and finances and all those things come into play, but those are kind of like the piddling percentages when it comes to like finding your passion and finding your drive and finding what's going to, what is, what is that more that you want? And, and what are the things you need to do to get there and like break those challenges down and, and start working on them and realize that the only way you make them happen is by actually doing it. Like there's, there's no, okay, my entire path is clicked and clear. Like there's no way to kind of clear that path of four years of work, you know, in one day, like it takes actually moving forward and it takes actually starting to do it. And I just think, you know, you're, you're a great example of, of letting, getting those things together and kind of rising above, the, the challenges that you would you would put in front of yourself like I, I just think that's fantastic man and the I, I think also the the opportunity we have now while we're talking is is also great for people to hear like so you hit that pinnacle that was a year a little over a year ago what what happens after you hit that point like what what came next for you like what what has that little you know this past year year and a half been like for you uh, this past year, year and a half has been, it's been very odd. Uh, I think it has been for everybody, but I started my oddness a little, I started my oddness a little early. Um, yeah, it was, uh, you know, everything, the high of it, like coming off of the show and all of that, everything was cloud nine. I mean, just going amazing. Like the workouts were great. Like, you know, the recognition, like people, I had people stop me. I was at concerts and people would come up and like, Hey, you're that guy that, you know, lost all the weight. You did the show, right? Like I saw you on the YouTube videos. Like you're the one that did this, this, and this. Right. And I'm just like, Holy shit. Yeah. Like that's me. Like people are stopping me wanting to take pictures with me, stuff like that. And I'm just like, this, this is unreal. And it, it hit a point, um, that, you know, everything was going good. And then, stuff starts to get in my head, um, ended up getting, I was, you know, like I said, I was in nursing school, started hanging out with some people and just kind of hit this weird mental block. I don't know what it was, um, hit this weird point where I started to think that I had strayed so far from who I was to lose weight that I was like becoming somebody that I wasn't and went through this, just this like weird time and, you know, hanging out with bad influences, started drinking again, started, you know, partying, hanging out all the time. Um, ended up, you know, getting out of the gym for a while. Uh, just things, things spiraled out of control in a very weird way. Uh, you know, a lot of, a lot of alcohol, um, drinking a, you know, handle a whiskey or handle a bourbon every week, two weeks, somewhere in there. And it was just, uh, it was, it was a rough time, um, going through nursing school and all of that as well. And then, you know, COVID hits. So now the gyms are closed and, you know, I started running and going outside and, you know, hitting these five, six, seven mile walk, jog combo things, you know, just trying to get active and get moving again. Um, and then, Everything came to a point where, you know, I just, I realized that I didn't come this far to just screw it all up again and let myself lax because I was so focused on, you know, nursing school. And then I was so focused on finding a job and then so focused on finding a good job and a good paying job. Um, I, you know, I was working 
a hundred hours a week or so. Like I got, I got on working as a nurse in a, a COVID unit. So I was, you know, making great money and working six, seven days a week, uh, working 12 hour overnight shifts. And, you know, things were just, it was, it was getting really easy to make excuses for why I was, you know, not working out, why I was doing this, why I wasn't doing this. And it just hit a point that it's like, I, I fuck this, you know, like, I'm sorry. I don't know if that you cut that out of me. Nah, it's fine. It's fine. Man. I think I, I think I've let a couple of them slip. It's anyway, okay. I, it's I, okay. I, I hit, I hit this point where it's like, you know, fuck this. Like I did not do all this. Like, look at where I was at last June. Look at how on top of the world I was. And here I am now, like just back to existing. And I, I was just so over it. Like, realizing how far I had let myself slip because, oh, well, I'm focused on my, you know, my businesses or I'm focused on things I'm trying to grow or I'm focused on this, this and this. When in all reality, if you look at like all of these people that, you know, whenever people think of success, they picture or whatever, like all of these people are devoting time above all else to their health and their fitness. Like they, they need a strong and healthy body to be able to go forward and be successful in everything else. And I'm over here trying to prioritize working on all of that, you know, while sitting around and haven't stepped in the gym, haven't lifted weights in months, like sitting around, you know, all, you know, maybe one or two days of going for a jog or going for a walk or whatever a week. And I'm over. Okay, everybody, we had a quick tech issue, and I feel really bad because Ethan was at a peak of his passion. So we're going to dive right back into it. Ethan was talking about, you know, what's been going on and, and kind of where his focus has been. Yeah, so like I say, you know, I, I've been – I had been so focused on trying to build a business and trying to build, you know, this name for myself in this field um, and, you know, working as a nurse and doing this, that, and the other – and thinking, okay, well, I just don't have time to work out. I just don't have time to do this because, you know, I'm putting so much time into this. I'm working 12 to 14 hour days, whatever the case is. And it, it hit a point where I realized, you know, all of these people that are super successful, like when you think of whatever field you're interested in, whatever, you know, you want to be doing with your life, when you think of that person that is just kind of the face or at the forefront of that, nine times out of 10, you know, they're prioritizing their health and fitness over everything else. Like, even if they're not in the gym, you know, banging weights around, like they are at the very least, they're going for their morning walks or jogs, like they're doing yoga, something along the lines of being mindful of their body um, to in order to be healthy and to be able to put the energy, you know, and everything needed into what they're doing. And I just, I, I realized that, okay, I am obviously doing something wrong because I'm getting miserable again. I am getting back to the point that I'm not enjoying, you know, life. Like I, I'm not happy when I look in the mirror. I'm not happy with the way my clothes are fitting. I'm not happy with, you know, the way I'm feeling on a day-to-day -day basis. I'm just, I'm not happy. And I got a coach and uh, got back with my coach got some crazy stuff brewing um with the way COVID is you know i i had to do some some phone consults and whatnot um some video and picture consults with some plastic surgeons um because i did i fell in love with you know competing um bodybuilding classic physique whichever you know term you want to use but just that that physique competi competition i just i fell in love with it because it's such a mental game it is so much 
drive and determination. Like you, you have to have this, this mindset of, I'm not going to be beat by the person that I used to be. Like, it's not you against another person per se, because everybody genetically is different. So you, you can't very well compare, you know, your progress against someone else's progress. It's, am I doing more and being better than I was, you know, the last show or yesterday's cardio or two weeks ago, or like, am I putting more effort in? Am I working harder? Am I leaving it all there? And knowing that, you know, after that 12, 16 weeks or whatever, knowing, okay, I didn't cheat at all. I gave everything my effort. Like I, I gave this everything I have in me and this is the absolute best I could have done. And knowing you didn't leave anything, you know, out there, you didn't leave anything on the court. Like you, you gave it your everything and you know, that standing there, that's something to be proud of. And there's just, there's, there's nothing like it. And something about being on stage in front of, you know, people is more of a, a challenge or a, you know, a driving force or driving factor, as opposed to just saying, I'm going to starve myself for the next 16 weeks and go through this grueling prep for no reason, like just having something like a show or, you know, whatever to, to motivate you and to give you a deadline and something tangible. It's just, it's become amazing um, for me and something that I use to just kind of keep me focused and keep me driving. Um, But I definitely want to go ahead and get the work going on with the plastic surgeons before stepping on stage again. Um, Just and it, it's more the loose skin doesn't bother me. Like I, I even when I was big, I was always the guy that like I wasn't going to keep my shirt on if we were at the pool because I didn't see any point. Like everybody knew I was fat. What's the point in wearing a shirt? Like then it just then it just looks like you're insecure about being fat. So I was always just like, yeah, my shirt's off. If y'all want to look, you know, sorry, I'm so white and probably blinding half the people here. But it is what it is. Um, so the the skin doesn't bother me. It's just more of like. I look at, you know, these people, these, you know, competitors, and I look at these people that are at the top of their game, and I want to be able to, you know, look and feel like I belong there, not so much in, you know, and I actually had a guy that a good buddy of mine met through Instagram, he actually won the, um, you know, the European classic, like he actually won his weight class and everything he won the entire you know show for all of europe he was europe's champion and he told me like everything you've done like what i do fails in comparison to what you've done like no matter how many trophies i have with my name on them no matter how many shows i win like what i do and what i've done will never compare to what you've accomplished but it's i take that with so much pride but to me it's like there's always you know, there's always one, one step further that I could go. There's always one step further. Like, okay, yeah, I can stand there on stage and knowing I've lost 240 pounds and look like I've lost 240 pounds, or I can stand there on stage. And if you can't see, you know, the scar, you would never once know that I at one point weighed 500 pounds nearly, you know, like it's just wanting to take it that next step and wanting to just continue to evolve to meet whatever challenges I want to face has kind of just become where I'm, where I'm driving for. And I, I didn't ask because I wanted to be like, so Ethan, what happened after the show? Uh, but I wanted to get in cause I think that mindset that you have is really important for people to hear and realize that like you, you can hit a major goal and 
it's still possible to kind of lose your focus a little bit and have to find it and bring it back and find that fire again. And it sounds like that's what you've been able to do for yourself. And I, I think that is in another way, another big lesson for people to realize that there really is no finish line. It's it's having your goals and what you're reaching for and how you're challenging yourself evolve that keeps you going. And I think we hear that on the business side of things too, where people say, you know, no one says I'm going to earn a million dollars and retire. Like that's not what it's, that's not what hitting the first million is about. Like it's, it's about knowing kind of like where the bar is set for yourself, hitting that bar and setting another. And I think it, it's, it's, and it's the same thing. Like there are probably people listening who are like, well, I'm never going to even try to do a, you know, a bodybuilding or a physique show. So I don't, you know, this is something I can't learn from. And it's like, no, like realize that your goals are, are something that you should continue to keep evolving or things that you should keep growing because it's when we get stagnant in any area of our life that then the other areas start to suffer as well. You know, there's, there's transitional effects that I, I think happen. So I, I think finding that focus and, and getting that back just serves to bolster everything that you're working on in your life. Like you said, like it's, it's the idea that the person who is successful in one area, like at the top of their game in one area, usually is close to the top of their game in other areas of their lives because they understand that that drive needs to be holistic. It needs to be all encompassing of their being in order to really kind of feel like they are achieving what they need to achieve. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree 100% on that. And that's, that's something I try. I don't know. I, I wish people would understand. I, I need to work on how I deliver my uh, my thoughts i guess with that because to me it's like people don't like like you know if you look at it statistically across my page like my instagram and stuff like the stuff where i post about stuff like my business ventures and like stuff that i'm doing you know that i'm working towards success in and other avenues it does not do as well statistically as when i post and it's like people don't understand that you know, the, the determination, the grit from weight loss, like does translate to other things. Like it's not, that has become my favorite question in job interviews and is just like, you know, like tell me a time you, you know, had a goal and you stuck to it. And it's like, well, let me tell you about the time I lost 250 pounds and people's jaws literally just hit the desk. Like, they're like, I'm sorry, what? Like, I can't tell you how many connections I've made based off of that alone, because people in high positions and companies realize like, okay, this guy can stick with this for four years, lose and maintain this amount of weight loss. He's going to be able to get behind something and drive it and go where it needs to go. And so many people are just like, you know, they, they disconnect as soon as the post is about anything, or as soon as I'm talking about anything, but weight loss like it it, it does statistically so much worse and I guess like I need to figure out how to you know like you say like how you just did that in a way that was like so effortless and I'm like damn damn how do you do that like I can't wait I'm gonna have to listen to this back again and see how I can (laughs) like because because it translates and like you and I get it but other people may not and it just then it sudden it seems like you know, I'm coming off as like this cocky douche or whatever. And it's like, yeah, sometimes I do, you know, wear the confidence hat a little too much. And I'm sorry, I, I, I do try, I do try and work on that. Or I'm trying to work on it. But, you know, I mean, it, it's, I don't know, it, it, it is something that I need to, to work on, because I do want people to understand that I'm not coming at 
a position of talking about like, oh, guys, look what I did because I want you to look at what I did. I'm coming at it because look what I accomplished and I want you to know how fucking capable of accomplishing this you are too. You know, like it's, if you go back, like I've never, I've very rarely been the guy that will just post like a picture and some like douchey or stupid irrelevant caption. Like nine times out of 10, I'm writing a freaking novel and it's it's my thoughts and like i've always been very like inquisitive i've always been somebody that you know just like thinks and breaks things down and looks at you know things like i study the way people think like i try and take all the stuff i'm learning from these books and these podcasts and making it applicable and breaking it down even if it is stuff that i'm just you know chewing up and spitting back out like something i just read and it's like oh my god y'all this like I know not everybody is reading the books or listening to the podcast I'm listening to. So even if I am just regurgitating someone else's information, I'm trying to put it in front of other people that may not have ever seen it and give them a different insight or a way to think of things. Which I think is, I, I, I think, for one, I, I think it makes sense how people respond because I, I think it isn't, we're never taught that passion and understanding and drive and all of those things are important as as core facets of our being like i i think people get stuck in this place of you know especially when they're they're you know when they're as significantly overweight as 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 you were as i was that weight loss is the only thing that they need to focus on and if if they see something that's not specifically screaming this is how i lost 240 pounds well their brain shuts off and they don't want to hear about it because in their minds their number one priority is losing 240 pounds because they feel like if they don't, they might not live, you know, like they're in that place of there's a, a sense of urgency around those things. And that's why, like, one of the questions I get a lot, um, it used to get more before, you know, Instagram removed my account and I'm, you know, back in that place of having to rebuild myself. But people will ask, like, what is like the, the best book you've read that's helped you with your weight loss? And for me, the answer is always immediately the, the obstacle is the way by Ryan holiday, which is a book on, you know, it's a, it's a, a well-formulated book that introduces you to stoic philosophy and the ideas of, you know, you have to see your challenges as the way through your journey, not as the things you have to get out of the way, you know, they are the path, you know, tackling those challenges. And so the book is not about weight loss at all. Like there is, I don't even think there's one story in there that's related to help, you know, like to, to someone losing a massive amount of weight. But I think for me, the, the lessons that we take from those other areas are the things that we then can apply to how we approach our journey when it comes to saving our lives, changing our health, changing our fitness ability, changing our size, like all of those things, it interrelates. And I think, you know, then you think about other books that are more related, you know, that are more on the business tip. But again, we're not, it's the same way when people want to kind of separate their mind and their body when it comes to approaching their weight loss journey, like people want to, they want you to hand them a PDF of a diet to follow that tells them what exact foods to follow. And like, you know, working as a coach now, one of the things that I start with my clients, I tell them during our first call is I'm never going to tell you exactly what to eat. You know, I want you to build your meals. You know, I'm going to set up macros and calories and all of that for you, but I want you to build it yourself because when you get success with that, those, those meals that you've built, you feel a greater sense of accomplishment. You feel more like you took an active role in what you were doing and it wasn't just someone handed it to you because if someone hands it, hands it, hands it to you and it doesn't work, you can blame that other person. When it's something that you're doing for yourself, when you're taking responsibility, you have to take responsibility for whether it succeeds or it fails. 
And that, you know, it's that idea then of, of linking your mindset and your physical. You know, it's not just about eat this number of calories, move this number of times a week, and you're going to have success. Because, you know, I look at my own story, like I can prove that almost any diet I followed was successful. But I wasn't successful because I didn't have my head right in terms of how I was approaching everything. And so I think people need, you know, and it is people like you, people, you know, like um, Alex Poro, like John Arpino, like other people that I've talked to a lot who have been successful. It's because they've taken it to that next level where it's not just about the physical. It's about approaching their entire lives and realizing how they had built their lives to support their bodies being the way their bodies were. And so you have to make changes everywhere. And that can be something where, you know, I've talked to guys on this show who felt stagnant in their career, and that was the, the, the biggest obstacle to them making a change to their bodies, you know, was feeling like they were trapped in a job. And I, I think we have to realize that there's such a great interconnectedness. And if you can figure out how to translate that message to get people to pay attention to it, like, that will be amazing. Like, that'll be something that I think people need. But at the end of the day, they have to get themselves there and they have to be willing to do the work and have to realize that it's going to be hard and it's going to be challenging and you're going to have to explore parts of yourself that aren't always comfortable. Like, I'm sure that was a big part of this past year for you was like, seeing those patterns in your life start to come back after you had accomplished so much is devastating. You know, I've, you know, I put on some weight during COVID and I'm, you know, trying to, you know, now I'm, I moved to California, gyms aren't open, you know, trying to find a way to get back to that place where you were before and accepting that you allowed other things to come in, you know, other excuses to, to come into play and just use them as excuses is, is what we have to struggle with for the rest of our lives to be successful. We can't just flip a switch and be done. Yeah. Yeah. I agree 110% with all of that. Like, I, I mean, even like down to the book, like, so my two of my favorite books are like the 10 X rule and be obsessed or be average by Grant Cardone, which he's a very polarizing character. Not a lot of people like him. And if I don't know, he's just got a, he's got a following where you either like him or love him, or, you know, you either love him or you hate him. That Let me rephrase that. Um, but neither of those, I mean, he's never been overweight. He's been unhealthy. He battled drug addiction. Like, I I just immediately, like, every time I look at those books, read those books, all of that, like, all I, everything I can compare to something I've dealt with. Like, he was, you know, a drug addict up until 25. Like, okay, I was a food addict and obese until I was 21. He, you know, come, his dad died when he was young. I never had a dad. He Like, everything he went through, I can relate and correlate to myself in some way shape or form even though he's never lost weight he's never had to do this that or the other he's never done or had to do half the stuff that I've done but his story and the way he has overcome so much and had to adapt to so much has you know translated so perfectly to my life and my story and it's like I definitely think that there you know there is that disconnect that people aren't able to realize you know so much applies like people have a very like one track mind like oh this isn't weight loss it won't be applicable like but whenever I'm listening to a story about trying to you know grow my business grow my outreach and I am just everything is translating he's like oh I went through this and I'm like oh damn I went through something that is very closely relatable to that like I went through this I went oh well damn I did too like that's and they, it, average person, if I were to write down the five things I'm talking about and the five things he's talking about, they'd be like, there's no way these are comparable. But like, I can sit here, comparable, comparable, but I can sit here and 
you know, draw a line and show, look, I went through this. He went through this. This is how they're intertwined. This is the setbacks they caused. This is what the growth that came from them. Like I, I can, you know, just, and I, I think that's kind of what I've always tried to do with my captions on Instagram is show people a different way of looking at things. Like, I just, I, I don't believe, you know, like this past year, like, I just, I don't believe in failure. Like I have not failed this past year, no matter how much I hate the way things have went in most areas. I haven't failed once. Like I've just learned things that I don't want to do or things that I don't want to be a part of my life anymore. Like all I have done is figured out ways that don't get me closer to where I want to be. I mean, to me, that is what failure is like it's nothing more than a lesson. It's nothing more than an obstacle or, or something that, you know, a course correction. Okay. Well, I tried that. That did not work. So most people would look at this as a failure. They failed this, this, or this. And I was like, no, all I did was learn. Like, okay, next time I'm not going to do that because it didn't do anything for me. No, I, I, no, I think you're a hundred percent, man, because that, and that's one of the things, like I, I have a good friend who often says like one of the biggest things you have to learn, especially if you're trying to either build a business or if you're trying to transform, you know, leave morbid obesity, you know, change your body, save your life, all of that. The biggest thing you have to be, you have to do is be willing to fail, be willing to try new things, be willing to take on new challenges and have yourself not succeed and still keep going, find the lessons, apply the lessons and move forward. But if we stay in our comfort zone and we don't, we, we always just chase a win and don't ever open ourselves up to learning and growing and failing in general, we're never actually going to move ourselves forward. You know, you never, you can stay comfortable, but I know for me, staying comfortable was, was 500 pounds, like as, as painful as it was and as dangerous as it was, that was comfort. You know, that was the place where if I didn't want to make change, I would stay. And so I, I think it really is about, you know, being willing to try and like we, you and I both use different tools, but everyone out there has used different tools on their journeys and has tried one that didn't work and then gives up. And it's this idea you have to be willing to like find your way through those failures to get to the major victories that you want to get to. Yeah, yeah, I agree 100%. One of my one of my mentors is like his, his saying, you know, is ready, fire, aim. Instead of ready, aim, fire, you know, too many times you get ready and then you aim and you just sit there and you analyze and you analyze and you analyze like trying to aim, trying to figure out the right way that you never fire. And so too many people get stuck in that, you know, paralysis by analysis, like I'm getting ready, I'm going to aim and then I'm going to fire. No, you're okay. I'm ready. All right, fire. Now let's figure out what the hell I just did and how the hell I can go about this. Like I've already made the plunge. Now it's time to course correct until I find the path that I need to be on. Like it's that, you know, don't spend so much time aiming, trying to find the right way. Like, don't be scared, jump, fail, like do what it takes to learn. Because at the end of the day, you're never going to get anywhere if you never try anything, if you're so scared of failing, if you're so scared of, you know, looking like an idiot or whatever that you never jump, you're never going to do anything. And then you're stuck 20 years later in the same position or worse because you were always too scared to make that dive. For sure, man. And if anyone wants to see this path that you're on and, and connect with you, uh, where do they find you, man? Uh, so best place is, um, Instagram it's at Ethan still 95. Um, and then I'm also on LinkedIn. It's Ethan still and, uh, S T I L L. So it's E T H A N S T I L L and, uh, Ethan still 95 is the Instagram where I'm most active for sure. 
That's awesome, man. And I'm obviously going to put those links in the in the show notes today. And one of the things you may know, Ethan, is is I end every episode with five questions I call the Fat Guy Five. Are, are you ready for your run through those questions? Yeah, let's get through it, man. Let's go. Okay, here we go, man. Question number one, Ethan, tell us, living or dead, who is your favorite fat guy? Favorite fat guy, living or dead? Oof, man, I don't know. That That's honestly, I'm going to have to go. It's got to be the you, you, John, and Alex. Like, like y'all are y'all are my guys, man. Like, y'all have been the the three most supportive and coolest people I've I've met through Instagram, and you know, just help me get my damn head straight when I need to. Well, I appreciate that, and their heads are gonna swell, and I, I'm not sure it's even <laughs> possible for their heads to get any bigger. So oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna have know. to I'm gonna have to thank you for that. What I'm gonna <laughs> just so you know, what I'm gonna get is probably from both of them, but at least from one of them is a clip of them listening to that part of the episode, um, sending me an Instagram video of them listening to that part of the episode. Uh, that, will, that is what will happen, just so you know. So uh, I'll, I'll make go. sure I forward that to you. Yeah, yeah, for sure. They better they better go ahead and just tag me, you know, share the link, everything. Oh, I'm sure out. they will. I'm sure they will, man. <laughs> Question number two, Ethan. What is one lesson that being a fat guy has taught you? Um, You're, you're never done. Like, you, you never... I don't know. I don't know so much that being the fat guy, but being the, the former, I, I, I mean, I guess I'm still a little fat, but you know, being going from where I, where I was to where I am, um, you're, you're never done. Like you, you truly have the say so in what you want for your life and what you will accomplish for your life. Um, no matter what, you know, life you're born into or what, you know, cards you're dealt or handed, it's not over. Um, no matter how defeated you may feel or how you may feel like, you know, I can never get out of this lifestyle or this way of living or this size. Like I'm never going to be able to to do this. Like you very much can, you are very much in control of your destiny and where you're going to end up. So just start making the decision for yourself and stop letting life happen to you. I like it, man. Question number three, Ethan. So there's someone out there listening today who is, the old Ethan, you know, 476 pounds, 500 pounds, wherever they're at, what is one thing they can do today to get their journey started? Um, it, it's, it's very cliche, but like you just, you have to make the decision and then attach the reason why. Like for me, it was, you know, wanting to be able to provide my, my family, my future family, a life that I didn't have, um, you know, wanting to be able to do and to give back and to be able to provide for others and i knew that the position i was in i wasn't you know able to do that so you you just have to make that decision and figure out why you made that decision why you want this to happen i like it man ethan question number four i'm almost i'm almost afraid to ask you this question because you said that sometimes on instagram you get you can get a little cocky but i'm going to ask you anyway ethan what's one thing about yourself that you love one thing about me that I love? Yeah. I would have to say my my determination, man. Like like, like I said earlier, there is absolutely nothing that I can't do. Um and I it you know, I yes, I do have the the appearance that I come off cocky, but I'm just I am confident. Um and I like I said I've I lost 246 pounds. I know that there is nothing that we as human beings are, you know, not capable of doing like we're in, we're in 2020, like even the shit that we can't do 
physiologically we're figuring out ways to do so like I, what is your excuse honestly like i just i i love that no matter what it is if i set my mind to it i know i can do it but that's that's not just you know inclusive to me that's that's to everybody it's just got to take time for them to figure it out themselves there you go man and question number five last question of the day ethan tell us what is one goal you have for the next year that is not health fitness or weight loss related Oh man, you you about to open up a can of worms. <laughs> um, so I am very active in apartments, um, buying apartment buildings and getting into multifamily real estate investing. Um, that has become kind of my passion and one thing that I was devoting too much time in. Um, and I was realizing that all these mentors that I'm looking up to and all these people, you know, that I'm getting around that own, you know, five, six, seven hundred, over a thousand apartments they all work out every day. They make their health and fitness a priority. And I realize, especially with my story that I need to get back to that, or I'm never going to get to the level I want to be on. Um, so my, my definite goal, you know, in the next year, uh, is to get active in actually buying as opposed to just learning the business. Um, I, you know, by the end of 2021, I would like to have at least a hundred, hundred apartment buildings that I own. There you go, man. And I honestly, you know, just what I've seen, but also, you know, after our conversation today, I have no doubt that you're going to make that a reality, man. Man, it's 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 happening. And I, I love that, you know, that avenue because you can bring people with you. Like mm -hmm. it takes investors to be able to buy these apartment deals. And so you get, you know, 10, 15 investors, you're, you know, you operate, you you execute your business plan. You're bringing 10 or 15 people along with you that are all going to see the same payday as you. And uh, it's just a, uh, it's, it's a beautiful business to get into because you can, you know, en enrich and, and provide better lives for the residents that are living in your apartments, but you can also bring these other people and help create wealth for them. So it's something that I'm very passionate about for sure. Well, there we go, man. And Ethan, I just want to say a big thank you for taking the time to really dive deep into your story today. Um, I've said it before, but I, I just honestly find your 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 journey and the mindset that that came along with it to be truly inspiring, man. So I just really want to say a big thank you for coming on the show and sharing it with the audience. Absolutely, man. I appreciate you having me, and I'm so glad that you know we finally were able to to connect and you know get the time set aside to make it happen. Uh, sorry, how long winded I am. I definitely drugged this out a little bit, no, you know, no. longer. And the the sad thing is, we could probably definitely do a part two, you know, whenever you're ready. Uh, let's uh you know, six months from now or so, I'm sure I'll be in a completely different space and have learned a whole lot more so we can come back and rehash this thing. Definitely, man. We will make that happen. So everyone, like I said, Ethan's contact information is going to be in the show notes. Make sure you reach out to him. Let him know what you thought of his appearance today. And if you want to connect with me, you can find me on Instagram for the moment, at least at Gourmet Goes Keto. You can find me on Twitter at Gourmet Goes Keto. You can email the show at thefatguyforum at gmail.com. Or if you are interested in working with a holistic ketogenic nutrition coach, you can reach out to me at theketoroad.com slash coach-mike. All services are on sale through the end of the year. Invest in yourself. Do something amazing, my friends. Go out there. You know, I always tell you, go out there, do something amazing today because you truly are amazing people. And like Ethan said, you know, you just got to get out of your own way and, and, and make those things happen. And hey, don't forget to come on back and catch us next time on a new Fat Guy Forum. Thank you.